Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this. If you are listening on YouTube, don't forget to give this video a thumbs up and subscribe as well. So I have to say, if you were one of the first round of people who listened to the podcast last week, Tuesday morning, and you didn't see my Instagram, I uploaded the unedited version, which had a minute and a half of me talking to myself and repeating myself. Awkward. So thank you if you sent me the anonymous submission, letting me know that it was the unedited version because I had two, I had like the unedited saved on my computer and then I had the edited version saved on my computer and I was like really behind in my recording last week. I uploaded it super late, didn't realize I uploaded the wrong one. And so for like a minute and a half, I was basically just repeating myself, trying to re-record what I was trying to say, which actually doesn't even happen that often. I typically am able to just record in one shot. I sometimes cut things out for timing purposes, or I'll say something that I didn't, couldn't like get out, or I didn't like the way that I said something. And so I re-record that part, but I snip that and I snip that part out, or at least I'm supposed to. So that was funny. I mean, listen, this is what this stuff humbles us, right? I, I, all I could do is get on Instagram and say, I'm really sorry. Uh, skip through if you have already had it downloaded on your, you know, application where if you're listening on Apple podcasts specifically, it doesn't replace the audio. So there will probably be a handful of you who have heard the unedited version, but you know what? That's okay. I'm human. We're bringing the human back. A lot of you reached out saying that you admired my humility and accountability. So thank you for the recognition because it took me like a good two hours to get over the embarrassment, mostly because I don't typically feel embarrassed by things. Like I'm not one to get that feeling. Like even if I do something silly or foolish in public, I don't feel that sense of embarrassment. Uh, so that was new or interesting, I guess. But anyway, like I said, I'm human. We all, It happens to the best of us. We all go through something like that at some point in our lives. So this week, I have a little bit of a shorter episode for you, mostly because, you know, I I don't want to fill, fill the episodes with filler. I want to give you what I've got, how I've got it. So we'll jump right in. I wanted to share my thoughts on a webinar that I recently joined as a part of work, actually. So I joined this webinar through Aurora Training, and it was called Stay Interviews. And I was able to go thanks to my employer. They sent me, and it was all about focusing on retention and working through ways in which we can avoid this great resignation, as it's called. And you can Google that, the great resignation. That is the moment that we are currently in as employers today. And I mean, I would say, yes, people are resigning left and right for different opportunities, new opportunities, more money, less money. I mean, you name it, but it's really all about or coming back to this sense of 
serious competition, which I've mentioned in the last like five to eight weeks consistently. So this webinar basically talked about and and trained us on how to conduct what are called stay interviews or retention interviews. And actually my takeaway was that like, oh, this makes total sense. And it's kind of common sense too. But when someone tells you or teaches you and trains you on the different elements of conducting these stay interviews, it's actually really helpful to hear because it it creates, I guess, a different type of ownership, better sense of understanding. And I don't know, I walked away really learning a lot and appreciating the information that I gathered. So I thought I would share it with you all as well. And these are just some high level pieces. I mean, it's definitely not the full hour and a half training that I went through, but I thought it would at least be helpful for some of you who are also in a similar situation as I am, where we are focused on retaining our top talent um, time and time again, day after day. And this is not specific to a COVID environment either. This is simply just in general, how can we retain our top talent? So the first takeaway from the training was that it's not all about money. People are not always going to leave because they are paid more or offered more or paid not enough. Actually, that's typically what is seen on the surface, especially if you're doing an exit interview. There's this sense of or potential sense of the employee not being willing or confident enough to share exactly why they're leaving and that they might only share certain elements of why they're leaving so that they are not, you know, burning a bridge or coming off unprofessional or looking like they're complaining. And that is totally, totally true. I have seen throughout my career that there are employees really hesitant to talk through everything on their exit interview. So the idea here is that it's not necessarily all about money, even if someone in their exit interview tells you that they're leaving because of money. And so moving into the second point here is that actually the biggest driver of engagement or the biggest driver of retention, I should say, is the environment, the workload, and the supervisor. And so the trainer on this webinar was like, if you have a a turnover problem, you need to first look at the manager, which is common sense, right? That kind of goes without saying that normally people are leaving because they're unhappy with where they work or who they work for. But are you as a an HR professional, as another manager overseeing a certain department, are you diving in and digging into those trends and issues? And if you're not, you need to. So the first place to start is with the manager. And through this webinar, we also learned that there is a focus on environment and workload when people are deciding to leave and that it's typically the environment in which they're working in and the workload that they are responsible for that leads them to making a decision or to make a decision to resign and go somewhere else. And the trainer actually positioned this in a really interesting way. So it was interactive. He asked us a question through a poll by setting up you know, this scenario. So the scenario was, if you were in the job market and you had two different jobs and jo- or job offers, job A, you had to sign on for five years 
and you would be paid a little bit below the average, but the environment was amazing, amazing team, amazing place to work, like best environment, or job B, you had to work for five years, um, get paid really, really highly, and you know, terrible environment, toxic environment, gossip, negative, you'd be miserable, which job would you pick? And actually, out of the 155 responses, 149 people said that they would pick job A where they would earn a little bit less than the average and have an amazing environment. And so he said, this is exactly how we know that retention comes down to who the manager is, what the work environment is like, and the the appreciation and the the workload and everything together, like how that person would feel when they're in their role. Um, and so it's interesting because actually I was kind of going back and forth, like what's worth it, what's not. But when you think about it, money for when you, if you are moving into a company, you, you don't expect that you're only going to be somewhere for a year. So even though most of us, especially in the U S are probably not signing a permanent contract because we are in an at will environment or country, I should say, or most States are at will States. If you are entering a job, you're thinking about, okay, well, I want to be there for as long as possible and I want to enjoy it and I want to be successful, right? You're not thinking, oh, I'm going to get paid a lot and be miserable in my role. So this makes total sense to me that retention starts with the environment, the workload, and the supervisor. And if there is a turnover problem that you need to look at those three elements, but you have to start with the manager. And I mean, everyone right now is experiencing a huge surge in turnover. Turnover is at an all-time high in the last 10 years for voluntary resignations. This was also a data point that we learned about um, and received in the training. And so understanding that turnover is at an all-time high for voluntary reasons, we should make sure as employers to control the controllables and control what we can control, which is how managers treat their employees, the work environment, and the workload. What we can't necessarily control is if someone wants to get paid more for the same job, for the same environment. You know, maybe someone is super happy with all of those things, environment, workload, and management, but they just want to get paid more. It doesn't usually come down to that, I find. I think there's usually other reasons why someone has decided they're going to leave. Money definitely plays a role, especially if compensation is not at the average or above the average because there is competition and there are going to always be employers who offer more or companies who offer more than what your company offers. And that's just the nature of the beast. But it doesn't necessarily mean that salary is everything or that pay is everything because I do think knowing that humans are complex beings, that there is more than just the financial element of retention. And so the third thing and third point, I guess, on this episode is that stay interviews, retention interviews are more effective and more beneficial than exit interviews. Because by the time you do an exit interview, it is too little, too late, which we, you know, that goes without saying, because the person has already decided to leave. And in most cases, they're not going to be interested in staying, even if you convince them or, you know, try to convince them or throw more money at them. In most cases, 
people are not going to stay. And actually, there are a lot of reasons why, you know, counter offering doesn't necessarily work because if someone is leaving for reasons other than purely financial reasons, you have to fix those issues in order for that person to actually stay for more than three or six months because they might stay for the initial increase in pay, but it doesn't mean that they're going to remain happy or be happy and you'll be back at square one just like you were during the exit interview. So with the stay interviews, the idea here is that it's a one-on-one meeting ideally with the with an employee, whether they're new or not, and it preferably is with their manager in partnership with HR. And to me, I think that that is probably the best, most effective way to conduct those interviews or stay interviews because the manager owns their performance and their development, but HR can support to ensure that if there is a need for a neutral party or if there is a need to step in, HR is there to support and to to really like be that neutral ground. Um, and in the stay interviews, the or in the webinar, I should say, on this portion of the stay interviews, it was suggested that new employees have these um, conducted conversations two to three times within their first year. So I could see that as like a quarterly conversation or, you know, in a, within a trimester. So instead of quarterly, maybe breaking the year up into threes and then having it scheduled so that you know it's coming and you can kind of prioritize what it is that you might need um, from the employee or need to follow up on with your manager if you're the employee in the situation. And for existing employees, it should be conducted once a year. So actually, what this makes me think of is that... Uh, in place of mid-year reviews, this could be the focus. So if a company said, you know, well, we can't add any more administrative like elements of the job to our managers, I actually could see the benefit in replacing the mid-year review with a stay interview because you've already conducted an annual review at either at the end of the previous year or the start of this current the current year. And in six months, you're going to be following up on those agenda items on the tasks on the objectives, but maybe you can do that and talk to the employee about what they want, the development they want to see, and if they're happy and they plan on staying and asking that outright. Like that seems to me like a perfect opportunity um, to have that conversation. So I learned a lot, like I said, from this webinar. Um, I definitely walked away ready to implement some of these things in my own organization. It's one of the reasons I think why uh, I was sent to attend the webinar so that we could really look at having these conversations. And actually coming back to the exit interview point, I just thought of one other thing that I didn't mention, which is that exit interviews are still helpful, but it should be noted, well noted, that that is feedback that then you have to react to rather than feedback that you can action before the person decides to leave. And I think, you know, yes, they are less effective than stay interviews, but they are beneficial when it comes to identifying trends and issues potentially in certain departments or certain areas of your organization and to make sure that the employee feels like they are you know, closing that chapter of their career, because I do think employees need that interaction from their HR person at the end, especially um, if they are in a management role, potentially, or a critical role. Um, And 
I hope it goes without saying that if you are a non-HR person and you're a manager, if someone resigns, you should still have an exit interview with them as well. It shouldn't just fall on HR because at the end of the day, they are your team member. They're your employee. And so you should be just as invested in understanding why they've decided to leave as HR is. So all in all, I do think that there is a way to combat the quote unquote great resignation. And I'd like to call it the great retention because there are ways that employers can flip the script. And the first thing that I want to say just to kind of piggyback on that statement is that I've gotten a lot of DMs basically asking for my opinion on how um, employers are positioning remote work as a benefit. And so just before I get into that, I do want to say, like I said before, I guess the great retention is possible, but it's going to require that employers listen and take action. So I'm just going to leave that there and I'm going to then now move into this caveat to that statement, which is how employers combat the great resignation with the great retention, as I'm calling it, because I do think employers will either get it right or they are going to further complicate things. So like I said, I've received a lot of DMs on this topic around like employers are positioning remote work or flexible work schedules as a benefit and that it's frustrating for employees because actually they've gone a year and a half seemingly, potentially even more than a year and a half at this point if you're still remote, um, working in this different environment and that it's not a benefit. Rather, it should be an expectation and just the way that the business operates or the way that the organization operates. So I totally agree that it's not a benefit. It's rather just a policy. It's a function of an organization. And I think that employers are probably sharing it as a benefit because there are employers who are going back 100% in the office or 100% on site, I guess we can say. And so compared to those employers, yes, it is a benefit, it is a perk to have flexible options. But again, I do agree that it's not inherently a benefit. And actually, we know it's not a benefit anymore because it was a requirement for many industries and employers over the last year and a half. Whereas, and I think I said this a few episodes ago, I don't know, two to five years ago, tech companies, maybe even two to 10 years ago, tech companies were really pitching that this was a perk and this was a benefit because they are fully remote or they're flexible and they're so easy and and they're flexible in general, right? Like that was what got people to shift to startups and tech. But now seeing that every industry and almost every, almost every industry and almost every organization can have that flexibility, that same expectation around, you know, work-life balance and, and being physically in an office or on site and with the ability to work remotely, that that's not a benefit anymore, but rather an expectation from an employee. So this will be really interesting. I totally, um, agree. It's not a benefit or a perk. Uh, I also don't disagree with businesses or organizations putting it out there as such, but I think they could probably do so in a, in a different way. So instead of saying, 
a perk or a benefit of working here is that you have flexible options. Rather, it's like, here's why you should work for us. Like we are flexible. We give you full autonomy over your schedule and things like that. I could see it marketed differently. So I don't, I don't disagree with the way that companies are leveraging that because of the competitive environment. Um, and I don't disagree with employees who are saying it's not a benefit, it's an expectation. So that's where I stand on that. Here's a really interesting fact that Human Times published in their um, article from July 1st, or I should say newsletter from July 1st. And it's that a Microsoft study found that 73% of 30,000 people in 31 countries want flexible remote work to stay in the post-pandemic era. 67% said that they want more in-person time, which doesn't surprise me because we were fully remote around the globe. And so, yeah, there's this, probably this sense of missing, belonging, need for more belonging, especially for new employees wanting to connect and meet people in the office or like who they work with. I know a lot of people who started out fresh in new jobs and they've never met their employer in person or anyone on their team in person. So I could totally get that. But I think that 73% of people, you know, po- polled, I guess we can say in the study across 31 countries want the flexible and remote work. So this is, this is exactly the point that it's not necessarily a benefit. It's an expectation from the majority of people in this study. And I'm sure that if we were to poll every single working or eligible to work person in the world, I'm sure that we would find that the majority would say the same. Um, so that's super interesting. I mean, take it for what it's worth, right? Like there's always going to be pros and cons to every situation, but I do think it's helpful to see how some of these studies are proving that employees and employers need to adapt and employees want the adaptation. They want the, the flexibility and employers are going to need to start listening. Again, the employees are in the driver's seat. I keep saying this. So with that, I don't have anything else for you this week other than I hope for those of you in the U.S., I hope that you had a an enjoyable 4th of July weekend. We are fully in the middle of summer at this point. Also, for what it's worth, I am getting married in three months, three months and a few days from the time this um, episode launches, which is crazy. And I will have some more information on how I'm going to be balancing that time and enjoying my time while I plan to get married. Cause obviously it's a huge, huge life moment. Um, but more to come on that in future episodes. I so, so appreciate that you are here. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at hrtracy, H-R-T-R-A-C-I, and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Be sure to share this podcast with anyone in your network that you think would be interested. And as always, let me know if you want to hear of any topics. I know I've been talking a lot about resignations, retention, turnover, and all of the competition out there these days. So if you want to hear something else, Let me know. I'm all ears. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I'll see you next week. 